from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. I invite you to download our ministry smartphone app. You can watch all of our programs as well as access daily devotionals, Bible versions, and evangelism training materials. And it's all free. Just go to the App Store for your mobile device and search for D. James Kennedy Ministries. This will change your life. We've all heard that phrase used over and over again. It's a phrase you might hear on a TV commercial, selling the latest and greatest gadget. Or perhaps you may have heard that phrase used by someone incessantly discussing the new fad diet that they've been on. Or maybe you've heard it said about a brand new exercise routine. Whatever the case, people left and right are always trying to convince you that they can change your life. But when you stop and think about it, what kind of changes do you really need? What kind of improvements will you benefit the most from? Maybe that new gadget will get you some things done, and maybe that new diet really does work, but eventually the gadget will become obsolete and our bodies tend to decline. What we really need is lasting change for this life and the life to come. Today I'm pleased to share with you a challenge by Dr. Kennedy that has had a profound impact on my own life and I believe it will have that effect on yours too. I took to heart the transforming advice he gives in his message, five prayers that will change your life. Our scripture lesson this morning is taken from the eighth chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans. Romans chapter 8, and we shall begin our reading with verse 6. May we hear the inspired word of the living God. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, 
ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And may God speak to us today through his holy word, and may his name evermore be praised. Unanswered prayers. The bane of every Christian's existence, I suppose. Sometimes people feel that their prayers aren't going any higher than the ceiling. And sometimes their spiritual lives are adversely affected by unanswered prayers. They do indeed have a baleful effect upon the spiritual life. I'm sure that most of you have experienced that at some time or another. Well, the question might be asked, what can be done about it? Well, you know that Christ is our Savior, our great high priest. He is our teacher and our great exemplar. You'll also note that all of his prayers were answered. Now, that was not because he was divine. He was that. But even in his human nature, he could say, Father, I thank thee that thou hearest me. I thank thee that thou hast heard me and know that thou always hearest me. Why was that? It's simply because of this. He said, I do always those things which please my Father. The Father concurred, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Therefore, his will was concurrent with that of the Father, and therefore his prayers were always answered because they were not only his desires, but the desire of his Father as well. All of you parents, consider for a moment, if you have young children, or if you had young children, consider that though you may never have thought about it or laid it out carefully, you had some kind of an ideal for that young child. There's something that you wanted him or her to develop into. There was a goal, a plan, an ideal in your mind. You had some ideal for their education, their morality, their safety, their physical well-being, and everything else about them. You wanted them to grow up to be a fine young Christian person. Well, now, sometimes parents have wrong ideals for their children because they are merely finite. God is infinite in his wisdom, and therefore he can make no mistake. His plan for you and your children is the best that there can be. Now, if you have such a, an ideal for your child, and the child is in rebellion to your plan for it, then when he comes and makes a request of you, which is contrary to that plan, if you have sufficient backbone, you will decline the request. Since God has no lack of backbone, you can be assured that any 
request contrary to his plan for you will be refused. Therefore, we need to consider how we can become more like his plan for our lives, and we will then find that more of our prayers are answered. Five prayers that will change your life is the subject this morning. You might want to write them down. I am not sure that you'll remember them. If you don't, you should pray them every morning this week and every other week of your life. They're very simple. They're only two words long. They may surprise you, may even shock you, but nevertheless, I think you'll see that they are important. The first prayer that I would recommend that you pray every morning is this. God, slay me. You can almost feel the shock. God, slay me. As you know, every one of us fell in Adam, and so we're born with a corrupt old nature it is, unless we have been converted, the only nature we have. It is always contrary to the will of God. If we are converted, regenerated, then we have a new nature implanted in us by Christ. Now, this new nature continues to grow. At the same time, the old nature must diminish and die. We read about it this morning where we are told that we are to mortify it. To mortify is to slay the old nature. Because all of the problems that we have, most all of them, come from that nature. You have problems in your marriage? I guarantee where they came from. They came from her old nature. <laughs> and his old nature. And probably both old natures got going. And they have a certain place they like to go, to the divorce court. And that's what leads people there. So you want to do away with the problems in your life? Then pray that God would mortify, slay the old nature, which causes us so many, many problems. Lord, slay me so that this new nature may grow. The great Dutch theologian Abraham Kuyper, who's the only theologian minister that I ever knew about, whose birthday was made a national holiday. And furthermore, he was then elected prime minister of Holland at the beginning of the 20th century. He said, having talked about our fallen nature, but in regeneration, a change took place. By this divine act, our person is in principle detached from his former ego in the old man. The root was notched, and by the constant action of storm and gravitation, the severed parts separate more and more. The person is no longer identified with the old man, but opposes him even though he succeeds in enticing us again and again in sin. 
Even in the yielding, we do not what we will, but what we hate. Listen to St. Paul, who said in Romans 7, The good that I would, I do not, but the evil that I would not, that I do. So there is a constant lifelong conflict between the old and the new nature in a Christian. And we want to ask God to mortify that old nature so that we may become more and more vivified, renewed in the new man. This applies to our life in all of its days from the moment of our conversion till the time that we enter into heaven having crossed the river and are glorified which is when the remnants of the old nature are removed completely. If we want to know something more of a spiritual life, we need to get rid of the problem, and the root of the problem is that old nature. And therefore, Paul says in Colossians, Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Mortify means, of course, to put to death. Lord, slay me, a great place to start your day. Secondly, I would suggest that each morning we pray this prayer. O oh God, cleanse me by thy blood, O Christ. For the scripture says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? But he that hath clean hands and a pure heart. If we're going to approach the Lord in prayer, to pray all of our other prayers, we need to do it with, a, with clean hands and a pure heart. How shall we come into the presence of a God who is of purer eyes than to look upon iniquity or to behold evil? Unless first we come to be cleansed. And what can take away our sins? Says the hymn, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thirdly, after slay me and wash me, cleanse me, I would pray this, fill me, O thou Holy Spirit. The Bible says they were not to be filled with wine wherein is excess, but rather we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit where there is peace and joy. Now that word filled there is not in what the Greeks call the aorist or punctiliar tense in which we do it once and it's done. It's in a continuous present tense, which means, Lord, continue to fill me with the Holy Spirit. You see, unfortunately, we are leaky sieves and we may be filled one day, but gradually that power leaks away. And if we are going to have power in our lives to live a godly life, it's going to come from the Holy Spirit. And therefore, daily we need to pray, Lord, fill me, continue to fill me with your Holy Spirit. And we'll find that we're able to do things that we would never be able to do. Sometimes Christians wonder why they can't lead anyone to Christ. Maybe they have no power. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I would not think of getting up to preach or even speaking to an individual about Christ without praying that the Holy Spirit would fill me 
and enable me to serve him as I ought. Fourthly, I suggest this prayer. Holy Spirit of God, lead me today. We read in our scripture today, as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Now that's clear enough, but I wonder how many of us think of the obverse. As many as are not led by the Spirit of God are not the children of God. Something to ponder, I would say. So we need to start. Spirit of God, lead me. When we do that and mean it, we will find that life will get much more exciting. It is a great adventure with Christ. And when you lay your head upon the pillow at night, you will know that you have been with the Lord and that you are most definitely his child because you are led by the Spirit of God and you have been doing things that are going to have significance eternally. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Lord, lead me today. Finally, fifthly, Lord, use me today. Use me for your glory. Use me for your plan. God has a magnificent plan for this world. And we can have a part of bringing that plan into fruition. Use me, Lord, this day. I'm sure some of you, and I hope some of you, prayed that God would use me. But how many of you prayed that God would use you today? Lord, let the preacher do it. Well, he has his part, but so do you. Lord, use me today for your great purposes and for your glory. And when you do that, you will be amazed at the opportunities you have to do good. People in need that you'll meet. People who are lost that you can share good news with. All kinds of opportunities to serve his plan. So there they are. Lord, slay me. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, fill me. Lord, guide me. And Lord, use me. You know, many Christians seem to have the idea that Christ is, is sort of like a genie in a bottle. And when we have something that we need to have done, we sort of rub the Bible with some kind of incantation and the genie comes out and says, yes, master, what can I do? Well, that sort of gets the whole thing upside down, doesn't it? 
Christ is the servant and we are his Lord. And he is here to do our bidding and to bring our plans to pass. Uh, alas, I'm afraid, though maybe not using that figurative language, that there are many people who basically operate in that way. But when we realize that we are the servant and he is the Lord, then we can say, Lord, use me today. And our lives will be blessed and that we will have that joy in Christ that maybe once we knew. Dear friend, I hope that you'll pray those prayers every day this week. And then when you finish that, do it every other week for the rest of your life, and you will be blessed. May we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonder of your grace, for the exciting and adventuresome plan that you have for each of our lives. We pray, O oh God, that we may not miss it and stand before thee one day and have to hear you say, why did you not come to me? I had so many wonderful things for you, and you knew none of them. So help us, Lord, to surrender ourselves to thee, because we know that thou art the infinitely gracious and loving God, and that your plan for us is perfection the greatest joy, the greatest fulfillment that we can ever know comes when we yield ourselves supremely unto Thee. Make it so. Starting this week, we ask, in Christ's name and for Christ's sake, Amen. I have been praying these five prayers for many years, and I commend them to you. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you first need to ask Him to come into your life and to cleanse you from your sins and to give you the free gift of eternal life. You see, we are all sinners in need of a Savior. And only Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins. In fact, He was the only one that could pay for our sins because He alone lived an absolutely perfect life. And it took a perfect sacrifice for us to be able to have peace with God. Would you like to know peace with the God of this universe today and for all eternity? If so, pray this prayer with me right now saying, Lord Jesus Christ, I ask forgiveness for my sins in thought and in word and in deed. I am sorry for them and thank you for dying for me so that I might live forever with you in heaven someday. I place my trust in you and you alone and thank you for the assurance that you are working out everything for my good from this day forward. In your name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, here's what Jesus says about you. Whoever believes in me has everlasting life. This is his promise to you. So move forward with the assurance that you are now part of God's forever family. To help you grow in your new understanding, we want to send you Beginning Again, which is precisely what you're doing. In these pages, you'll learn how to read and study the Bible, how to pray, and so much more. Just ask for Beginning Again when you write to our address or call our toll-free number. 
and God bless you as you do. As Dr. Kennedy shares, these prayers are so simple and yet so biblical and profound. Slay me, cleanse me, fill me, lead me, use me. What might God begin to do in your life if you earnestly pray those things daily? Alongside those prayers, God also tells us to pray for our nation and its leaders. We are in the midst of a tumultuous time in our nation where our religious freedoms are under duress. However, we at D. James Kennedy Ministries plan to be extremely active in 2018, standing for truth and defending your freedom. And I want to ask you to take a stand for freedom with us. You can start out by contacting us to take the 2018 Spiritual State of the Nation survey. We need to hear from you about which issues are the most important to you. Contact us to get your survey as soon as possible. Fill it out and return it to us right away to make your voice heard on the most vital issues we face. To request your survey, simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339 or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. And when you do, please prayerfully consider making a generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. As our thanks for your donation, we will send you the brand new book, Let Freedom Ring, featuring chapters from William J. Federer, Dr. Jerry Newcomb, Dr. Kennedy, and me, among others. It explores America's founding principles and where a false idea of the separation of church and state and judicial legislating have steered us wrong and points the way forward to reclaiming our freedom. And if you're able to give a generous donation of $60 or more, we will send you Let Freedom Ring plus the original U.S. Congressional Handbook. This guide, presented by the D. James Kennedy Center for Christian Statesmanship, includes crucial information on each member of Congress, contact information for their key staffers, and vital information on all our leaders, including those in the Supreme Court and in the executive branch. You will find it to be an indispensable reference equipping you with everything you need to know about your leaders in order to engage them in the cause of biblical truth. Contact us right away to receive your Spiritual State of the Nation survey and let your voice be heard. And please consider including a generous donation so we can send you the new book, Let Freedom Ring, as our thanks. And for a generous donation of $60 or more, we'll send you the book, Let Freedom Ring, plus the original U.S. Congressional Handbook. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org.
I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD or audio CD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.